I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to All In Sports with Jake Seeley. As always, you should know that by now. You should also know, go out there and hammer that five-star review. Subscribe to the podcast. Give it all glowing stuff so I can keep this free for you guys and keep rolling out this great content and great guests that I have for you. Self-back-patting time. But as that's what we always do on this show. You should know by now. And also, the giveaway, as a reminder, has been done. There will be another one coming. So if you do go give the five-star review and screenshot it, save it. Don't tweet it to me yet because I'm going to be asking the same thing for the next contest. Maybe a little bit more on top of it, but hey, go ahead and save those because I will be giving another jersey away, I would assume. Probably a jersey. We'll find out. That's why you stay tuned to the show. That's why you join the show. I appreciate you guys listening. And as always, it's a busy day on Thursday. James Coe, Chris Meany, talking rankings, getting you ready for week five. All right, it is Thursday. That means it's time for Kono's. Actually, I'm going to use his article title for that. It's James Coe, partly of The Athletic, also of The Fantasy Zone. If you have DirecTV and you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you give it a look. It's tremendous. Follow him at James D. Coe. Hey, you know what? I haven't asked you this yet this season. How are you doing Like the majority? Like, actually, not the majority, at least. What, your, your favorite league, how are you doing? In my favorite league, uh, I've... In my favorite league, I'm not doing well. Um, <laughs> you know, not the I case, had somehow. I know the, 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 this is the problem. I uh, whiffed on quarterback, and I whiffed on a couple of you know key pieces. But um, I got Aaron Rodgers at a pretty good value. Um, you know, I was actually just trying to drive up the price. It was an auction draft, and I got kind of caught with him. But it wasn't terrible because I'm like, oh, okay, I got him for you know, I think it was like. 35 bucks or something so it was like it was fine you know good value for Aaron Rodgers so I'm like oh it's okay but man this year I, I mean you know you want to wait on quarterback in an auction it's a little different you don't want to spend a lot of money on quarterback and I get that it's good but man this year in particular holy hell if you spent <laughs> money or if you drafted a quarterback early and we're talking about Rodgers you know Brady or Russell Wilson Deshaun Watson to a degree although he hasn't been as bad but Man, those three top guys have just been so bloody awful uh, from a statistical standpoint. Real life, they've been fine, but statistical standpoint, man, it's just they have really, really hurt you. Well, and that's the thing is it's because of the NFL now. It's not even they've been terrible, terrible, because a lot of these guys, for what they're averaging, would be inside the top 10 last year. But huh, that's a good point. The yeah. NFL, yeah, this NFL got what they wanted. They wanted more scoring and no defense. And hey, look, that's what happens. I mean, this is the t- testament to football. And we'll get to the players real quick, but I want to get your opinion. Like I, in my home league, about f- three or four years ago, implemented double headers, and so you face the person you face, but then also the top six scores of the league get a win. The bottom six scores get a loss, mostly to avoid the whole you score the second most points and just happened to face the guy who had the most points, and you got a loss because of it. So it helps balance it out. It's actually worked out tremendously. But to that point, 
even so, that being in my league, and I brought that up because I'm about to say I'm five and three, which is still uh-huh. a winning record. But to your point, to run down my roster: Newton, Hunt, David Johnson, Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill. I've been playing the roulette game with tight end, but Jordan Howard, Phil Lindsay, like another. That team's five and three. I mean, that's just that's that's what fantasy can do to us. Yeah, it's it's been uh, and it's like you said, you got Cam Newton there. You know, it's like. Cam's been fine, uh, but he hasn't been gangbusters at all. You right. Know? It's like you would have been much better off taking Goff or Matt Ryan or Patrick Mahomes or or if you just randomly wanted to spot start Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, it's like for, yeah, for you would have been way games. better off. <laughs> yeah, so, who, yeah. Who, who knew that? Yeah, that Patrick Mahomes guy is pretty good. What do you think? <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, I can give all kinds of analytics about why this guy is pretty good. No, I mean, yeah, just watch him play a little bit. He's, uh, he's a special player for sure. Well, not, I, I want to go in so many different directions with this now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go – with your what you want to talk about first, because this can actually play off the whole quarterback situation. And I'm just going to leave it out there with a statement of what you said back to me. Let's talk about the Saints and the fact that they stink. Yeah, it is incredible. You know, per next gen stats, um, and you know, for those folks who are just kind of new to it, it's uh, it, it's it basically tracking chips inside of uh, the players, you know, pads, and it records movement and speed and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, per next gen stats, um. It is incredible what the cornerback trio in New Orleans is doing right now in terms of how much they've fallen off. When we're talking about Ken Crawley, PJ Williams, and Marshawn Lattimore, and I think you know, I think they're fine players. I think they're good players. As a matter of fact, the cornerback was a position of strength for them last year. Right. Uh, this is a team that th- those three guys gave up a total of seven touchdowns all of last year. Uh, Ken Crawley allowed a completion percentage through the entire year of below 50%. P.J. Williams, 60%. Marshawn Lattimore, 56%. So that is really good. And do you know that is the, really, really do you good. know P.J. Williams and Crawley have perfect passer ratings against them right now? Yeah, I mean, per well, next gen stats is, is you know a little bit different, um, but yeah, they're right up there. I mean, Ken Crawley has a pass uh, has allowed a passer rating of one fifty seven point nine. Okay, so he's just all for next gen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, barely. Yeah. And then and then PJ Williams is one fifty five point one. Okay, I mean they're close. It's close, man. Even and here's the thing: even Marshawn Lattimore, who I think again is a fabulous player, has allowed a passer rating of one thirty two point one. I mean that's. That's unbelievable. That's insane. Um, it's crazy how much they've fallen off. And again, we go back to that touchdown number, okay? They allowed seven touchdowns total last year, those three guys. Well, they've given up eight touchdowns already in four <laughs> games. Uh, it's just it, it's mind-boggling how much you know the, the cornerback play has fallen off for the Saints. And, and I'm sure part of it has to do with the fact that you know they haven't really – uh, run the ball that effectively on the ground anyways. And and I think, you know, defensive pressure up front has been pretty much non-existent. So um, all of those things kind of work together. But but still, though, it is pretty – it's such a stark contrast. It's very surprising. So where are you taking that this week? Because I was last week all over Sterling Shepard, especially because of the P.J. Williams situation. Play. Well, guess what? It's Jameson Crowder's turn. And – Crowder and Alex Smith and this offense in general hasn't been terrific, and I referenced this before in the column, is we have four targets a week for Jameson Crowder. Before the bye, he caught all four for a touchdown, but not a ton of yards. Are you looking to get involved like I am with Jameson Crowder? Are you thinking more Paul Richardson? Are you thinking maybe they corrected a little bit because it's Alex Smith and the Redskins this week? 
Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. And again, keep in mind the Saints are going to be playing at home, right? So that's that's pretty good. good. Um, Yeah, always good. Uh, It is anticipated by odds makers, anyways, to be um, one of the highest scoring games of the weekend, right? So um, it will play on Monday, but you know what I'm saying. Right. Uh, But yeah, so yeah, I I think I think the 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 Redskins will be forced to kind of keep up. Um, and if that's the case, you know, I, look, I think Jameson Crowder is going to be a totally a safe play. If you want to play him in fl- at the flex position, I think he's a great safe floor and he does have upside too, because, you know, once they get into the red zone, who knows, you know, Crowder could be used there as well. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm really, I'm really thinking Paul Richardson is a, is a really, really strong upside play. Um, I'm not really into the whole Josh Doxson business quite yet, uh, although he could totally pop off for one deep one. But uh, for my money, man, and if you're playing DFS, I think Paul Richardson will be a pretty good you know, value play uh, as a wide receiver. And, and if you've got him, eh, you know, not, he's not rostered on two on, on a wide amount of leagues. But if you've got him, I think he's – and you need big points um, – He's such an interesting flex play to me, man. He could be a situation where you're going into, let's say, Sunday afternoon, and you've left that flex position open, and your roster is kind of teetering. I think Paul Richardson is an excellent flex play if you need big points. Uh, He certainly, to me at least, has two touchdown upside. He might not get there, obviously, right. uh, but but I think it all kind of sort of lines up. Uh, he does lead the team in air yards. Uh, the target share is, you know, not great, uh, but I do think that he is their best, most well-rounded outside wide receiver. No, I definitely agree, and that's a great way of looking at it. Is anytime, anytime you have players options Sunday nights, Monday nights, we talked about that before. Is leave that flex open for that. Yeah. Position. You know, you go up against somebody who all of a sudden scores three touchdowns this week, and you're like, oh my god, I just need to shoot for the moon. That's where you make these kind of moves. All right, so back to quarterback real quick in this whole discussion we were kind of having is where are you on Russell Wilson? Because I know where I'm at. I've been telling people, be patient. I was the same people I was telling, be patient about Andrew Luck, and I wasn't expecting Andrew Luck to have that good of a game last week, but I was like, <laughs> hold on. It's Andrew Luck. Don't drop him. Like, you can go out and start somebody else in the meantime if you really want to, but I'm not – because the biggest issue I have is not just what we know they can do if they get clicking. It's you could potentially leave that out there for free for somebody else to pick up, and I've seen, should I drop Russell Wilson for Alex Smith? And should yeah. I drop Russell Wilson for Andy Dalton because he's been so good to start? Like, I just – I can't see dropping Russell Wilson, especially because he just got Doug Baldwin back. Yeah, it's, it's funny to me too because it's like – you know what I see on Twitter all the time is should I drop Russell Wilson? And literally right next to it is should I pick up Russell Wilson? It's like <laughs> – well, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say it's those questions where should I drop Russell Wilson? End of question with no context. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just funny, you know, because you know, if you've got Russell Wilson, you're thinking about dropping him. But if you don't have Russell Wilson, it's, he's an automatic pickup. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 it's just so weird the the mentality and the psychology that goes into fantasy football. You know, it it tells you so much about you know human emotion but yeah it's like if you've got him you're dropping him if you don't got him you're automatically picking him how does that make sense how does that make sense it doesn't make sense he is that's why and that's a lot of times that's my comeback is because i do get a lot of those without the contact should i drop blank and it's just like uh 
No, <laughs> like, no, like, no, like, no, you are you just not. dropping them because you're bitter? Then no. I mean, but depending on what's out there, if your league is insane and somebody dropped Deshaun Watson and you can go swap Wilson for Watson, well then yeah. I mean, but uh, we need a little bit of context with that. All right, so you and I, I think we've talked about the Patriots every single week, but indeed. We don't have to talk about the running backs now because we already established that last week. We took care of it. We told you there's only two running backs. That's what we always said. You said that from day one is that that's what our hope is and not that we want to see people get hurt, but it's that clarity and what the insane value is. But now it's the passing attack. Let's talk about the passing attack. Let's talk about the fact that Tom Brady, now that's somebody who's been pretty abysmal to start the season, but he gets his boy back. He gets Julian Edelman back, which he already Instagrammed about. He seems pretty excited about it. He's back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gronkowski is supposed to play tonight, but we're recording this midday on Thursday. He's supposed to play. Gordon's catching on even more. Is this the week, especially with the fact that 15 Colts players are on the IR, including half on defense, like, is this the week where Tom Brady comes out 300 yards, three t- everything starts clicking, and we're all happy again? I think so. Um, I mean, I don't know what the touchdown total will be, you know, because they, they do vary it up a little bit, but I think for what we've seen in the past years is that this is primarily a passing team now, right? Um, I mean, they'll run when they have to, and they'll certainly run in advantageous situations. But, I mean, it's a Tom Brady team, so it's going to be a passing team. You know what I mean? So, uh, And Julian Edelman certainly is is his safety blanket um, if it's not Gronk. So just between Gronk and Julian Edelman. Um, and, you know, the thing is, too, they work in similar areas of the field, um, and that's why – you know, you can't just double team like you. They were Gronk, like it was punt coverage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't do that when you also have Julian Edelman because now it's like, all right, great, go ahead, do that to Gronk. That means Julian's probably wide open on the edges. You know, so did you used um, to watch Friends when it was on? Did I, I watched it a little bit. Yeah. Did you ever see the? What I always picture in my mind. Did you ever see the Thanksgiving episode where they're throwing the ball and they're just because Rachel sucks and they're just all over, just like holding Phoebe down. You know, oh so, yeah, 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 yeah. That that was that was the yeah exactly. Rachel was the other wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's kind of what I feel like when it's like Gronkowski is. There's just like five guys out there and they're just draped on Gronk. It's like all right, he's not getting the ball, and then it's everybody else. So you go ahead and try and beat us. Right. And I, and I think, you know, that's why you saw James White pop off. And, and again, with James White, Julian Edelman, Gronk, um, and I've really been impressed with Philip Dorsett, too, by the way. I, I really have in, uh, liked the way he's been playing um, for the Patriots. But, you know, just with those guys, plus Josh Gordon in the mix as well. Yeah, I mean, all the ingredients, I think, are there uh, for Tom Brady to have a really good game. Now, Indianapolis has been a sneaky good defense. Not, yeah. I'm not saying they're good. But they've been better than advertised. And, um, you know, but still, though, I I still think this is going to be a very high scoring game. And, and yeah, Tom Brady absolutely, absolutely has it within the range of outcomes to have a a three touchdown game. Hey, uh, James, should I drop Chris Hogan? (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand. Uh, Here's here's my thing. I I don't understand. I never understood the hype surrounding Chris Hogan. Um, I was a a Chris Hogan guy. Oh man, I, he's never recorded 50, 50 receptions in in any given season. Now, you, you could say, well, okay, some of that was just due to situation, all those things, and he's going to walk into a massive share. It, it's just, I, I I think he's a system player, um, and quite frankly, he's a system player when all these other guys are getting attention and he's seeing, you know, their third corner. Yeah, sure, great, he, he's doing well. <laughs> 
and Tom Brady's still Well, that's our hope now, right? Because Josh Gordon and Edelman are on the field, and now they're replicating or even better than Brandon <laughs> Cooks and Danny Amendola last year. So there you go. When he was, but when Chris Hogan is a third option, um, you know, he has not been terribly effect or terribly productive from a statistical standpoint. Now, he does pop up every now and again, but not to the point where you can trust the guy. Um, so, All yeah, right, so I, I've t- never let's been turn a another way. guy. Yeah. Y- you have an open spot on your roster. You can pick up Kiki QT or Chris Hogan. Who are you picking oh, up? Oh, Kiki all day. Really? All all day. And, and this is why. Kiki QT has, you know, uh, when he played last week, which was his first game back, uh, first game ever, but, yeah, back from a hamstring injury, um, he played the slot pl- primarily, right? So I think he played, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think he played 65% of his snaps from the slot. He's going to be their primary slot guy. He can work outside as well. Um, if Will Fuller, you know, is hurt or misses extended time, he he can be outside. But his game is inside, man. And the Texans they don't have anyone, anyone underneath. They've got Nuke outside. They've got Will Fuller outside. They desperately need somebody underneath, and they just don't have tight ends that can do that job. Uh, they don't have running backs that can do that job. Right. Kiki Kuti fits into that offense perfectly. And there's a reason why he saw 15 targets is because, look, if you're going to take away the edges, the, the the underneath is wide open. And that's why he saw so many looks. So I just think with his role in that offense, I think his overall skill set is great. Um, and his overall role in that offense, I think, will lend itself to, again, you know, seven, eight, nine targets per game, even with a healthy Will Fuller. All right, so we have, speaking of healthy, which is not right now for Will Fuller, and I like I like Judy a lot more if Fuller's out, and I agree with a lot of what you say. It's just I think that he's going to – I don't see this supporting three consistent wide receivers, and that's my only concern with Watson. But, I mean, we have been wrong before, but so the breaking news, <laughs> the Packers, here we go. Devontae Adams will not practice. Geronimo Allison still in concussion protocol. Randall Cobb will not practice. Are we are we doing Marquez Valdez scanting and uh, Jamon Moore this? Are we getting involved with that or <laughs> you know laughing jokes aside? I think yeah. this could be a, a intriguing. Hey, I have Ty Montgomery on one of my teams. Let's plug him in. I like Ty Montgomery this week. I like him a lot. Um, I mean, remember this is before the whole running back wide receiver question. He was a, he was a slot wide receiver, right? Um, and in a in a really good one, by the way. Uh, I really liked him as a slot, but yeah, um, I think I think we'll see some of Jimmy Graham. I think we'll see, um, you know, I think we'll see some Ty Montgomery guys who have guys who have earned the trust of Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers in that Packers offense. Now, there's certainly that something that could be said. Uh, I think uh, of you know Scantling or you know, but for the most part, I just I I, I kind of want in this Packers offense. It's pretty. It's pretty reliable, man. You can go with the guys that have been there the longest. You know what I mean? So right. it's very rare where you see guys, you know, like rookies come in and, and get a lot of work. It just doesn't happen as often as you'd think. So for me, I think it's going to be – I know Jimmy Graham is new to the Packers, but obviously he's a veteran. I think it's going to be Jimmy Graham. I think it's going to be Ty Montgomery, and you'll see some of the running backs uh, utilized there as well. On the outside, I'm not sure. I, and I'm not 100% sure Geronimo Allison – uh, misses that game either because he's he is still in concussion protocol. But again, you know he could potentially get some limited work uh, either today or tomorrow, and and we'll see. Are you 
let's say top ten for Aaron Rodgers if all three of those wide receivers are out. <sighs> it pains me greatly. <laughs> I, I, I just I just don't see him as a top ten quarterback, you know, with all of those guys out, his his knee injury as well and where is he right now in the quarterback? I haven't taken a total look, but is he in the top 25? Uh, he's in the top 25. He's actually averaging 22.8 per game. And to do, way back earlier when we were talking about that, would rank like 6th or 7th last year in points per game if he was playing last year. But this year that puts him at 17. Oh, my goodness. Um, he's sandwiched yeah. between that's, – that's total points, by the way. He's sandwiched between Carr and Cam Newton with one less game behind him. Okay. Um, yeah, man, it, it's it's been tough. So um, we're talking about a quarterback that has not been in the, in the top fifteen, um, and you're you know he he's missing a lot of his favorite targets. Is you know is he going to be a top ten play? Probably not. Probably not. I, I mean that's that's the the crazy crazy thing um, about where Aaron Rodgers' season is heading right now. And again, I I just I don't I think he's been fine in real life. I think in real life he's been good. Well, you know, and to go to this quarterback so thing, yeah. So, this, this, so to talk about how ridiculous the, the the scoring's been on top of that, here's another one. So Carson Wentz, everybody's pretty much said well, he hasn't been Carson Wentz. He's been pretty disappointing so far. Really hasn't gotten on track. He's averaging 22 points per game. If Eesh. he had, if that was last year, he was the ninth best quarterback. Like that's like people are like Carson Wentz isn't playing good. He's still the ninth best quarterback from 2017 so far. That is insane. You know, has more, you know who has more wow. points per game than him? Um, C.J. Beathard. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. C.J. Beathard had more points than him last week. Well, in oh, that boy. one game. Because, you know, okay. we all expected that, didn't we? Of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, let's, uh, you know what? I kind of buried the lead because the, the, the news didn't come just yesterday. It's actually been out for a while now. But... It wasn't out there for the last podcast because I recorded that Monday night. So since then, I haven't had anybody to talk about this with. Le'Veon Bell is back, James. He's coming back. I'm excited about it. Are you now, we can look at this so many different ways. Because if you're Le'Veon Bell owner, okay, you're excited. But you could potentially not be able to survive until then. Like You could be 1-3 and and 0-4. And And if you're that kind of situation... I would consider selling high, and I'll give a high as in like a, a Jordan Howard and somebody. Like, I'm not doing it by itself. But you need wins. You can't keep waiting until you get to week 7-8. If you're on the flip side and you're 4-0 and and 3-1, and similar to I'll go stash Leonard Fournette off the person who can't afford to risk that anymore because maybe they're 1-3, and I'll do the same thing. Like, I'll go trade and try to buy quote-unquote low on Bell because I can wait until he comes back. I think it really depends, and maybe you disagree, and maybe you just want them all together. But for me, I think it depends on where you are in the standings, whether you want Bell or whether you don't. Uh, th- that's 100% true. Um, and uh, Although, if you're a Lev owner, how do you trade him at this point, right? Because you've already sat through four weeks, and you know, you've got to wait three more. Um, I'll tell you how. Potentially, I'll give you yeah. one. Of the ex- I'll give you one of the examples. And to branch off that zero and four and one and three, a one and three team. I got a Twitter question: Should I send Le'Veon Bell for Howard and Diggs? I said, Oh, that's an automatic yes. Yeah. See, so I think that there might be some people but, panicking but enough the, on some cra- players. It's crazy. Yeah, but it's crazy too because that's not not only. I mean, that's an that's an automatic yes if 
I don't know, man. Maybe it's an automatic, but yeah, I mean, just the way it's 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 shaping out. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Why would you not take that? That's an automatic. <laughs> click that accept. All right, then. Oh, well, let's play a little game, kind of like through some names here. If I said we'll stick with Jordan Howard because he's a great. Like everybody is losing their minds after last week on Jordan Howard, and you know it's understandable. But like, let's be realistic. That going into that game, I said this before, James. Going into that game, he was. Top 20 in receptions for running backs and our RB1 heading into that game. He was doing just fine. It just happened to be one of those games where Nagy went, you know what? This is a Tariq Cohen game. This is the matchup. This is one of the four that he's going to have for us. I Maybe there's people out there that probably aren't as positive I am on Jordan Howard, but I think he's a great buy low. So I'll throw out some other names. If somebody said, you're one in three, that's what we're going to go with. We're going to continue the fact that, James, you are one in three. You have Le'Veon Bell. If I yeah. offered you and in your inbox you see – Jordan Howard and John Brown. Do you do it? No, okay. uh, I like John Brown. Uh, John Brown is top five in air yards, and he's averaging I think like seven or eight targets per game. So you know, I, I think he's a clear cut um, top twenty wide receiver. And but you know, again, there's some there's going to be some you know variance week to week. And I think obviously with Jordan Howard, there's going to be a lot of variance. Right. Week to week. Meanwhile, Le'Veon Bell, I think, still has the potential to be, you know, obviously moving forward to, uh, once he comes back, a top five player. Um, so, yeah, I probably am not trading top five potential um, for for variance guys. I how don't about, know. How about Howard and your choice of one of the Lions receivers? Again, it's too. Yeah, no, I, I think it's just too. Okay, wait, wait, hold on. Hold yeah. on. What if it was Howard and your choice of one of the Rams receivers? Ha! You know what, uh, man, I I think I pull that deal. I think I do pull that deal. Even if it's Woods, um, yeah, I don't. I, th- this I say, is I say with, Woods with, like he's the worst player. <laughs> no, I know, it, and it's weird too because for me, it's you know I, I think just if you look at the volume, Woods is the one A, and, and Brandon Cooks is actually the one B, just based off of volume. Woods leads the team in air yards and in targets, so it's like. You know, has the production been there? Well, okay, it hasn't been quite there, uh, but it's, he's been awfully good uh, the last couple of weeks as well. So I don't know. For me, I think you know Robert Woods is the one A, Brandon Cooks is the one B. Now that might not be true in real life, but from a volume standpoint, um, I, you know, to me, Cooks is clearly you know the flip side uh, of that Robert Woods Cooks debate. All right. That's fair. How about, oh, you know what? We never talked about the other side of the ball for tonight's game and the Colts offense. And there's going to be a lot of, we'll have people hearing this podcast on Friday when things will have happened. But I want to talk about as a whole in general going forward. You know, T.Y. Hillen's out this week, should be fine by the time with all the rest and everything like that. But mostly this backfield, that is just a complete mess and nothing I want to do with at all because Robert Turbin's back and the only person you can even maybe get me invested as Naheem Hines and a PPR, and that says, you know, I have to fill in my flex for a buy. Is there any appeal on this offense outside of T.Y. Hilton, Andrew Luck, for you? Well, on Thursday, um, I am interested in this uh, Zach Pascal character. Hey, um, from Old Dominion, my alma mater. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Biggest upset in football in decades. Hell yeah, bro. Old Dominion. Um, hey, is that is that quarterback Tyler Heineke? Is he from Old Dominion? Yeah, Heineke is from Old Dominion too. Yep, love it, man. Yeah, that is so random. I, I, it's we, it's so weird that we already have a few players in the NFL. When I mean, this program just got kicked back. All, like we didn't have football for the longest time, 
And it's oh, only, is that right? Yeah, they got rid of football a long, long, long time ago. And um, for a very – go look it up. It's for a very weird explanation. It's probably like nowadays if they try to get rid of a football – I'll just say this. If they try to get rid of football and use what they use as an excuse today – this school would be buried under like the hate and everything. Like they would just get trashed for it. Let's just put it that way. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of I'm, I'm interested in uh, in this Pas- Zach Pascal character. I was like, is it Pascal or Pascal? Because you know, it's, <laughs> it's like, is he is he the is he the mathematician guy or I don't know what's going on. Anyways, bottom line is, you know, T.Y. Hilton's gone. You know, they they utilize Pascal uh, in a in a downfield vertical way. Um, there's just, I mean, there's so many targets up for grabs, yeah. and and again, um, Marlon Mack is out as well. I, I I like Naheem Hines, but the bottom line is, I think they're going to have to throw the ball, right? right. Um, especially if they're playing right. in Gillette, they're probably going to have to keep up. Uh, so yeah, I I am anticipating, okay, not 60 pass attempts for <laughs> for luck, you know, again, but you know, certainly north of 40. Um, and if that's the case, then you know, I think there's going to be plenty of volume. Uh, available in terms of air yards and targets, and, and Pascal is, I think, your guy. So if you're just purely chasing volume, I think Pascal is is a really good sleeper. I, I like him for the red zone opportunities, basically what you said. And I, I saw him in college, and I like I say, I have advanced scouting tape because I went to the old ODU games. Yeah. But, you know, because I wasn't sitting there watching. Like, I knew he was the best receiver on the team. That was clear. That was by far obvious. But I wasn't sitting there being like, hmm, let me break him down for the NFL because I never thought he would make it, honestly. So, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, because he is. He's a red zone guy. He doesn't separate very well. But, you know, maybe some things happened between the last time I've watched him and some development. But, yeah, that's so I don't have the inside information. I'm sorry. I, I can tell you right now. There's nobody on ODU that you should really be concerned with. <laughs> I can tell you that much. They were. Did you know this, James? Before they beat Virginia Tech, because that legitimately, like I said, was one of the biggest upset in decades. They were the fourth worst team in FBS, as in, like, out of the 119 or 18 teams, they were fourth to last. <laughs> That's how bad they were. They didn't have 400 yards of offense in the first three games combined, and then they put up 494 Ooh. passing on Virginia Tech. Wow. Yep. Oh, oh, okay. Yep, exactly. That's why Virginia Tech went from 12th to unranked in one okay. week. Okay. Uh, speaking of okay and shock, you like the transition for that? Yes, how about, indeed. How about Mitchell Trubisky last week was his six flipping touchdowns? Here's the question I have because it's not like we're not going to sit here and I'm like, oh my God, you got to start, go pick up Mitchell Trubisky. It's like, you know, the talent's there, the weapons are there. We saw Trey Burton, not a lot of catches, but he got on track, so that feels good. We saw what Tariq Cohen did, all that. My, coming out of that game with how much Trubisky did, I'm actually going to play the devil's advocate. I'm going to be the little devil on the shoulder for this one. Allen Robinson didn't have a great game. Having Trubisky do what he did and Allen Robinson not doing a lot, are you concerned or is this similar to my opinion on Jordan Howard where, hey, you know what? It was one game. That's just the way the NFL works. I'm still fine. You know what's interesting to me is the fact that they play Tampa Bay and you know obviously they can't guard anybody. Um, their defense is so bad. I saw an interesting stat. Um, Mike Smith is their defensive coordinator, and um, Mike, it's Mike Smith? Uh, I so. Yeah, I think it's Mike Smith. So Mike Smith is their defensive coordinator, and he's had 35 games now with the Tampa Bay Bucks as their defensive coordinator. In 17 of them, he's allowed 400 or more total yards. That is <laughs> just a bit – I mean – shocking and especially and again this is not a this is not the worst like they have decent talent on the defensive side of the ball 
You know what I mean? Levante Davis, I mean, like, they've got guys. It's not like they don't have guys. I mean, look at look at their defensive line this year. It's pretty good. You know, Vinny Curry, <laughs> JPP, you know, it's like, all right, these guys are decent edge rushers, you know, like – they got Vita Via in the draft of a highly touted, you know, defensive tackle. Oh, to your point, there's no excuse. There's no excuse to be giving up whatever the hell. I mean, they're giving up like 400 something, you know, yards again. It's outrageous. Hey, for everybody that wants to complain about Shermer with the Giants, don't forget Mike Smith was one of the first rumored names. It could be worse. Oh my God, that <laughs> would just yeah, that's so bad. Okay, going back to to Trubisky though, because it's so wide open, he was able to pick and choose. His guys, and, and one of the major you know, complaints and concerns about Trubisky was that, okay, he's not making the reads. He's not making the reads. He's just locked in on one guy over and over, and that one guy is Allen Robinson. Um, I just think because everything was wide open and available, I think he kind of sort of made it a point to spread that ball around this time. But look, when push comes to shove and they're not playing Tampa Bay and it's you know tighter defenses and he's not able to make and, – and look, this is the bottom line, man. Let's be realistic here. There's nothing in his game tape at all that would suggest that this guy makes reads. Nothing. Um, he's got great arm talent. He's a very good athlete. Um, and he can make all the throws. That's fine. Um, I think he's an above-average quarterback. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. But he just doesn't make reads. That's just not his thing, you know? Um, he's successful when there's one or two options. That that's his That's his thing. But... So when, when push comes to shove and defenses are a lot tighter, I think, again, he'll just be making one or two reads like he has his entire damn career, except <laughs> when he's playing the absolute bottom-of-the-barrel defense, right? So, again, when he's not playing the bottom-of-the-barrel defense, I think he will go back to his you know normal tendencies, which is just one or two reads. And his one or two reads always will involve his best receiver, and that's always going to be Allen Robinson. Yeah, you, I, I definitely agree with you on that one. So last one before we get you out of here. Derek Henry, two-part question. James, does he get going this week? And if not, can I drop Derek Henry? <laughs> I, I wouldn't drop Derek Henry mostly because his upside is, is, is too tantalizing. Um, that being said, um, man, I just – it's hard to say play him too. I know he, I know they're playing the Buffalo Bills, um, but still that game is actually supposed to be literally the lowest scoring of the weekend. That's what odds makers are saying, right? And and I would tend to agree with that. Um, I, so yeah, it's it's awfully tough. Uh, I don't think you could play him, but again, because the upside is too high, I, I just I don't think you could drop him. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> the, you know what? I told people not to draft him, so I don't even care if you feel pain. That, that's your fault. <laughs> you, not, you know, if you have to watch him die on your bench, that's your fault. You, sh- you should have listened to me. <laughs> but no, it is painful. I do expect a good game this week. I have him s- somewhat high, so I'm hoping for it just because, you know, that would help everybody. I hate when people – I do legitimately hate to see people not do well. But, James, I also love watching you on Sundays. Tell everybody where they can find you, your work, co-knows, everything. So they, they, they know by now. They should. There be. you go. Yeah, uh, my column on the athletic comes out every Friday, um, and, and you can catch it there. Uh, and then on Sundays, you know, an hour before kickoff, it's the Fantasy Zone. It's on Directv Channel Seven Hundred Four. Uh, again, it's if you haven't watched it, it's basically Red Zone. We go to every single game. We go to all the scores when they're in the Red Zone. We 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 send it over there. Uh, but you know when they're 
but we also mix in a lot of fantasy content as well. So it's basically Red Zone. Um, you know, Red Zone only has one host. Uh, this show, Fantasy Zone, has a lot. So, you know, you hear a lot of different voices. But, you know, again, it's like we, we try to make it fun. So it's it's basically like watching football with your fantasy league mates. You know, <laughs> it's like we're we're all just sitting there talking about fantasy and having a good time. So um, I, I think actually, it's a great show, uh, and, I, and I really enjoy being a part of it. I actually thought about, like, periscoping one Sunday to do that. Like, hey, like, this, this is watch, us watching football, and you can get yeah. – no, I I don't want to work. <laughs> well, because it would feel like you know I'm I'm a care. I gotta like actually put in an effort to watch football. So I was like, you know what? I'll just watch James instead. Okay, there you go. By the way, you did so. Also, as a reminder, you can go straight from the chat to watching James from twelve to one. You get all the pregame and all that information, all these great numbers and stats and, and next gen levels. So make sure you're doing that, and then follow him again at James D Co. And we'll be back next Thursday to talk to him again and get more insights and information, all that type of stuff. Always a good time, James. I appreciate it. Hey, anytime, man. First of all, you're stupid. Big, dumb, idiot! Cause you're dumb! Big, fat, meanie, you're an idiot! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but then... That's me! Yep, you heard the music, so you know what time it is. It's time for Chris Meany. Follow him at Chris Meany. Follow a lot of his work. Big announcement coming Monday, so you'll have to stay tuned for that. Can't say anything yet, but you'll be excited to see what's happening for Chris. But he's here to take a dive into my rankings as he does every week and tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, you are ready to roll, Chris. I know you were busy last night watching like 15 different games. Yes, the puck dropped in the NHL season, so that puts a smile on my face. And then baseball playoffs. It's just a great time of the year, Jake. It's week five already in football. Uh, I'm a big golf fan. The Ryder Cup was exciting last weekend, and here we are with hockey. NBA tip-off is a couple weeks away. It's just there's a lot going on. I'm excited. I put your ranks to the test. And you came top nine in fantasy pros for the week. Surprise, surprise. So, um, you know. <laughs> so you're giving yourself well the credit? Is, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, I came 19th. So I got to give myself a little bit of a credit. I think I gave some love to Corey Davis. He went off. And we'll see. Uh, we'll put them to the test this week. I'm excited. I definitely will. By the way, I'm, I'm going to get – I can't believe you're talking about basketball and baseball and hockey on this hockey. for the, the whole 30 seconds of the podcast. Yes. Thank you, two-star review guy, by the way. <laughs> I, I'm not going to let that go. See, I don't have a problem complaining about the podcast. I don't, you could say, Jake, you and Chris suck. I'm never going to listen again. Fine. Give me two stars whatever. Don't give me three or two stars, whatever it was, when I asked you to be patient about the sound. Oh, my God. So, anyway, I, I can't believe I sidebarred on that again. All right. Quarterbacks. And the first one you want to talk about, you had a problem with last week. And yeah. I know you have a problem with this. So, initially, the ranks came out before we had, like, this was already factoring in likely no Randall Cobb, and now we have no Geronimo Allison, and now we have Devontae Adams banged up. So I will say this, Chris, before you go too crazy, Aaron Rodgers is going to fall in my rankings. So maybe we should do a team up here, and you help me decide how far back. You know, actually, Chris, mm. you know when we're going here. You know, we have a player that's initially at number three, and there's a bunch of quarterbacks behind him, and not sure where he should land behind those quarterbacks. You know, you know what we could do for that? What can we do? We can make a list. You know what? 
You just made the list. Let's make a list. Yes. yes. It's been a long We're time. We're making a list. It's, it has been a long time. All right. I initially added Aaron Rodgers at number three, and you said, because he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's funny. I wanted to just really talk Rodgers with you. Now, you're right. All these injuries have happened. But the average, like, there's a couple people, friends of mine, who are just getting into fantasy football for the first time, and they have quarterback. Like, one guy has Cam, and he's like, I don't understand why you wouldn't draft the quarterback high every time. Like, I only win because of Cam. Uh, and another guy's <laughs> like, man, I have Aaron Rodgers. He sucks. Like, can I start this guy? I don't understand. He finished like quarterback 20 last week. And then, you know, week two, he finished quarterback 20 again. I don't understand. Like he doesn't suck, but he's just dealing with a couple things right now. And I just think this offense is, is out of tune. So yeah, we should make a list. Dealing with a couple things. Like make it sound like, like his dog is sick and, you know, like part of his <laughs> house Maybe. flooded. Dog's probably <laughs> sick. He's pissed off with his coach. That's for sure. His weapons well, and his offense are not Can great. I say no something way. real quick as, as, a, as an aside? So you mentioned it like Aaron Rodgers finished, what was it, like 17th or 18th last week or whatever? Yeah, 18th, yeah. He had 22 points. The week before that, 22.6. The week before that, 18.9. The first week, 27.8. On the season, and this isn't for you. I, I, this is going. This is a point with this. On the season, he's averaging twenty-two point eight points. Last year, that would have ranked him sixth or seventh. This, the fact is, his quarterback scoring is out the wazoo this year. I know what's going on. Like there were over seventy touchdowns last week. The over hit end of the first thirteen. I know games. what the answer is, Chris. What? You know what the you know you what the can't touch is. the quarterback. Is yeah, that you, what? not not just the quarterback. You can't play defense anymore. I know it's actually really bad. You're hearing some players, defensive players, obviously Richard Sherman comes out and talks a lot, but I like the fact that he's pretty honest and he says guys are not able to do their jobs properly. And it's, it's true. Like people are afraid to tackle. They don't know how to tackle. Uh, they're going at the knees. We've already seen some significant injuries. Marquis Lee in the, in the opening in the preseason probably only happened. And because the way that guys are tackling now. So yeah, man, it's, it's tough and you can't touch a quarterback at all. And I think Dak came out the other day and and said, "You, I forget the word that the quote that he had, but it was it was a shot at the NFL, basically." So, do you want to guess last year how many quarterbacks averaged over twenty five points per game? Four. Oh, very close. Three. It was okay. Watson, Wilson, and Wentz. By the way, for the the, the W's up there. And then, as I mentioned, yes, twenty two point eight would have tied you with Cam Newton for sixth. You want to guess how many are averaging over twenty five this year? Oh man. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go six. I was gonna say almost that. double. Eleven. Wow. Eleven. <laughs> eleven. Mind you, C.J. Bethard got twenty-four point eight in his first game, and then Andrew Luck is at twenty-four point four in the season. So you have okay. to go to get to twenty-two point eight. You have to go to Aaron Rodgers at QB nineteen on the year in points per game. That's wild. It really is. Well, there's a lot of. You're right. Offense. You know what the thing is also. As bad as you know the defense and the tackling and, and all that stuff, the defense in general, awful. Like yeah. the Falcons, no defense. Steelers, no defense. Saints started off that way. Maybe last week was a sign of things to come for them. But these are teams oh, that are just chuck. Yeah, <laughs> these are teams that are just chucking the football a lot, throwing don't, a ton. Mahomes don't is forget. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say don't forget uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, what was the other one? I was just oh. looking at it. After this week, it's so the Dolphins defense continues to be one that people don't realize actually has a very good pass defense. But I was looking at AJ Green for a potential trade. Yeah, AJ Green after the Dolphins this week, the next three games before the bye week, and actually the game after the bye week, it's Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and then they come out of the bye for the Saints. Hint, hint, Andy <laughs> Dalton, AJ Green in the passing game for the the uh, Cleveland. If you want to, or Cleveland, the Cincinnati Bengals. If you want to get involved with that. 
yeah, it's beautiful. Somebody asked me the other day, like Luck or Dalton, and at this point, it's just Dalton and all of those weapons. And and you just mentioned the schedule. I wasn't aware of that. It's it's the three prime time matchups for them. It's it's, it's beautiful, glorious. Yeah, that's uh, if you, I, there's so there's also a player real quick. We'll stop the sidebar in here, but John Brown, the rest of the way has one opponent that's not a plus matchup for wide receivers. One. So also talking about Joe Flacco. So Joe Flacco, if he somehow loses his job to Lamar Jackson, that's all on Joe Flacco. But on the flip side of it, if you were thinking, so I said sell high on John Brown because still he's not even seeing 20% of the target share, still not seeing uh, like the high level of snaps we want for a top wide receiver, still also seeing a high level of touchdowns to reception similar to like the Falcons from two years ago. I'm still selling high because of that risk. But if you can't sell him high, I'm not upset about it because the schedule is glorious. Yeah, and Flacco's actually, I've been pretty impressed. I think maybe the best thing for the Ravens is going ahead and getting Lamar Jackson and having three quarterbacks on the roster because Flacco seems like he's here to play. Like, four passing attempts. That kind of annoys me. What? That he's showing up? Yeah, because it's kind of. Because he is. He's playing well. He, like, he's a couple times against Cincinnati. You really think it's just the fact of what's behind him? Like, because that's what annoys me. Like, like you couldn't do your job to this point, but now because somebody's threatening your job and it was so safe before, like now you want to try. Like that's kind of how it feels. Yes, and on the same side, like I was with Pat on Monday. We were doing the waiver wire show, and we couldn't even think of the weapons that Baltimore had last year. We were like, um, Steve Smith, Perriman. Like we just didn't know. And then all this, yeah. Like who cares, right? And then all of a sudden. They bring or in Chris Michael Crabtree. Chris, Chris, Chris Moore. Yeah. Chris Brown. They're, they're out there rapping. Rapping. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. Like Flacco had nothing. Brown's like worrying about his dance moves. And they bring in they bring in John. They bring in Crabtree. They bring in Willie Sneed, who's fine. Like, I actually like Willie Sneed. He's a dependable wide receiver. You can lean on a third down. That's what Flacco's doing. You got two running backs who can play. A solid defense is really good. And so there's a lot to like about Baltimore right How now. How far Flacco's has Willie Sneed fallen? Quarterback too. Remember Willie Sneed was like, oh, he's oh. so great with the Saints and everybody yeah. just ignore the fact that he just doesn't score touchdowns. And then, all right, so, all right, do you, so do you remember who the number one wide receiver in yardage was for them last year? Actually, and touch, tied, tied for first in touchdowns too. No. Mike Wallace. Ah, that's who it was. Wallace. Yep. We're trying to figure that I don't, other I don't, guy out. That's what I'm saying to Pat. There's one more guy I don't know. It's probably well, the best I know guy. one of the other guys you haven't mentioned either because he's not even playing football anymore. There's a big hint for you. Do you know who the number two receiver for the team was? And I said receiver on purpose. There's a giant hint for you. Yeah, it's it's Steve Smith, is it not? No, no, no. no. I said receiver. And oh, I didn't Macklin. Macklin. No, Macklin was the other wide receiver. That's the one who's not playing anymore. He had 440 yards and three touchdowns. I said the second receiver for the team because it's not a wide receiver. It's a tight end. Ben Watson oh, yeah. <laughs> had the second most yards and tied for first with touchdowns at four. So to go down the receiving list, it was Wallace, Watson, Macklin, Buck Allen, Chris Moore, Nick Boyle, Danny Woodhead, Alex Collins, Capinaro, Max Williams. I mean, this is this is God. what I'm saying. This is, is what I'm saying. Nothing. He had nothing to work with. All of a sudden, you have a revamped wide receiver core. You got like a dozen tight ends to work with. The running game is solid. He's thrown the ball the fourth most times, in the, 171 times. If you look at Flacco over the past few years, always a chucker. And a lot of people look at Baltimore like, ah, oh, they just want to run the football, use both backs, kick the field goal, rely on their defense, and win. But right now, Flacco is throwing. He's us- utilizing all of those weapons. And I feel like even though he's going into Cleveland this week, He's a decent start. He's a sneaky one in GPP tournaments for DFS guys. Cleveland just allowed almost 500 yards to Derek Carr last week. So <laughs> I don't know how great that defense actually is. Like, I love some of their pass rushers, but 
Flacco's been really impressive, man. Well, the Cleveland, the good thing about them, too, is they're one of the higher paces in the NFL yes. on, on per play. So that, that's always going to help the other team. More plays, more opportunities. Uh, by the way, did you know that he's got four people with 15-plus receptions already this year? Brown, Sneed, Crabtree, and Buck Allen? I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, and, and again, with Sneed, you mentioned last season, like, where did he go? What happened to him? But... He's been pretty decent this year, too. Yeah, so 18 for 198. I didn't realize he had 18 receptions. Yeah, and the first game, maybe it took a little bit for him to get going. But, uh, you know, certainly last game, I thought, you know. Really Sneed Ivy. Yes, Ivy. You know, seven <laughs> targets, six catches, 56. It's just been consistent, right? Not a lot of, you know, those big games. But I feel like, and I Crabtree's really solid and I like him. But, man, he's got a case of the drop so far. And, you know. Last How quick game, are you with the internet, like, while we're doing this? I'm all over it. Hey, go to ESP, go to ESPN Willie Sneeze page and tell me he doesn't look high as hell. Like, go, <laughs> go to it right now. <laughs> this is uh, is this why he got maybe suspended last year? Um, oh yeah, he looks ripped. He looks ripped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep those eyes open, Willie Sneeze. Flacco's throwing the ball a ton. Like if that's his normal face, like there's resting bitch face and then there's resting stone face. And that's what RSF, that's what I'm now calling. That's resting stone face. <laughs> I like it, man. Yeah, he looks uh, he looks out of it, but I, I like what I've seen so far, man. Or I could have called it. I could have stuck with RBF and called it resting baked face. And this, I like sta- I like stone yeah. face better. But look at look at Crabtree's game log and and tell me that Willie Sneed is not, you know, outperforming him kind of. No, he's got there. Like I said, he's sneaky in PPR. Like, you know what? He's not the worst fill-in for your bye weeks. They both have 18 catches, and Snead has him on yards, uh, and they both have a receiving touchdown. But, yeah, Crabtree, I just notices, you know, he's not getting that separation, and he's had some drops. So just be, you know, I wrote up Willie Snead as a deep, deep, deep ad in the waiver wire piece on Fantrax. Just someone to keep an eye on going forward. You're right. Maybe a PPR guy, a bye week replacement. But I think somebody would have to go down for him to really be valuable. <laughs> Who has more left in the tank, Fitzgerald or Crabtree? Ooh, good call. Um, I want to get. I want to give the benefit of the doubt to Fitz, but that guy. Don't we all? <laughs> not coming close to any of my starting rosters, man. I'd kind of a team league. So this feels like 2015, where we all wrote him off. Like it, it yeah, like it we does. had the end. We had it. Was like, all right, Fitzgerald's toast, and then he comes back, and he's like, oh my god, they still got a ton left. It was just the team, and then. Uh, we keep making excuses, but you know this is could be the Andre Johnson situation. Remember when he was the Colts, and it's like, oh my God, he's with Andrew Luck. Hey, I was on board for that as well. I, th- I think I took him in like the fifth round that year. Yeah. And uh, it just looks like there's nothing left right now. And the only thing Johnson did was, like, I think with Hasselback as his quarterback. I remember I was in on Johnson too, and I benched him. I was like, yeah, Hasselback's playing. There's no way. And then he had like two touchdowns. That was it. But yeah, Fitz, you know, some of these guys, we know the talent level is there, the skill. We understand the quarterback play is weak and the offense is, is not great. At least they played much better last week, even though it was a, a good matchup. But sometimes with these older guys, man, when the injuries happen, like you're talking about a back or a hamstring injury, that stuff just hits you and you know, you can't really recover from it. And he just has, you know, week one, seven catches, 10 targets. Great. And, you know, eight cents. Not great. No. So we should probably make that list that we were going to make. 
Yeah, okay. let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that list. So right now, uh, Matt Ryan at number four. I'm assuming you're taking Matt Ryan over Aaron yes. Rodgers, especially against yes. the Steelers. Which yes. does, doesn't that have like a sixty over under for Vegas? Seven and a half. It may be sixty by the time we're done. Yeah. Good God. Like yes. All right. So that's the highest. Just so everybody knows, it's the highest over over under yet this year. So that's definitely something. Watch this end up being the freaking Saints and Giants like last week. That was so aggravating. I know that really was. You know, both defenses came to play. Uh, again, well, all right. I'll give the Giants a little bit of credit for defenses play. played okay defensively. Yeah, they played the the offenses. So that was, and there was a lot of tape put out there by Jordan Runon or Rannon. I never know how to pronounce his last name because I've never heard it. I've only always seen it. But he covers the Giants, and he wrote up a whole thing about how it's time to stop blaming the offensive line because Eli Manning wasn't touched once. He was only pressured one time in that entire game and still had the game that he had. He showed one play where he completely missed Odell Beckham despite having about four yards between him and the offensive line, which had a perfect – like, if you if you look at a play, you're like, this is what the offensive line should do, and it has that little half-circle little thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's – that's what he had, and it was still that. Like it's done. The excuse is Eli now. It is not the offensive line. The offensive line is actually doing their job. So, anyway, sidebar aside, Drew Brees at yeah. home against. Well, I'm going to make a Ken argument real quick. Is the Redskins actually have a top three pass defense so far? I know, and you know maybe because they play Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> really? No, I know. Um, th- yeah, they've been pretty good defensively. I- I've noticed that. Um, you know, against the pass, they were allowed to what the second fewest points in football so far. I'm not fully buying in, but uh, I- I'm. I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked how way they play, especially when they didn't bring back Rashad Breland. I was like, oh wow, and then Breland didn't get a job until just recently. So hey, maybe it's not them. But I mean, if you're looking at it, yes, we know Josh Norman. But look at the right, like Quentin Dunbar. Yes, a good amount of people might know him. Uh, Fabian Moreau, Moreau uh, Monte Nicholson, DJ Swearinger. Some people might know that. Like, yeah. I don't know half of the second. Like, those are the names I know. I don't know DeShazer Everett. I don't know if Troy Apke is playing. I don't know if Greg Strum. Like, I have to start looking these things up. This is what I do in the middle of the week as I look up things like this is to find out, like, who's playing. Because most of these names weren't there last year. And, like, to the point, they're playing great defense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know what? They have a, they've had a lot of turnover. This is a team that's dealt with a lot of injuries lately, but I, I need to see a little bit more. This is the true test, right? You've had two weeks now to prepare for Drew Brees and company. Right. You played Arizona week one, big deal. You played Luck, and I, again, big deal. Like the Colts, the, these teams, you know, they've had issues. They can't run the football. They can't throw the ball. So now you're going to get the Saints and Drew Brees and all the weapons and the two backs or turn of Ingram. So this so, will right. be the is, is it who you faced or is it, is it really the skill? Yeah, that's so. That's that's something that I'll keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. I think it's. I think there's somewhere in between. I definitely don't think they're a top ten defense. All right, Deshaun Watson and his offensive line against the Cowboys. Yeah, you're right about the offensive line, but I will go Deshaun Watson. We think we touched on him last week. He just looks much better every game. Still running the football a ton. He's got 40 rushing yards per game so far this year. 35 in every game, like over his career. So I got. I got to go Watson just because of that safe floor. Tom Brady tonight. Cool who hasn't looked that good, but half the Colts are injured. <laughs> Man, everybody on that roster is hurt. I, I think I'll go Brady. I have them actually side-by-side side in my rankings. Um, there's a couple guys we haven't got to yet that I'll rank up ahead of both, but you okay. right about Brady, man. Like, not great, but you get Edelman back. Maybe there's a little bit more safety, run game. Looks uh, like. so is this the first time sim- we can trust two, two 
two running backs on this team now? Or are we going to get fooled again? Because I, I feel I like can't believe the we are, White are guys that you can play now with confidence. Oh, no. So this is uh, it's frustrating because so, so here's the, the, this is where I get annoyed. It's like we know this. Sometimes injuries and all this type of stuff play factors. Like I was down on Sonny Michelle at the beginning of the year before the season even started. And I had him a little bit lower than most people had in their rankings because of what we saw for the first couple of weeks. Not the injury part of Michelle, but the fact is four healthy running backs. Who the hell wants to be involved? Did anybody think that Rex Burkhead wasn't an injury risk? Of course not. But trying to factor in, he got hurt this early, and now he's out of the equation. The fact is, if we could get down to two running backs, people know this. I've said it like 10 times on this podcast alone. If we could get down to two running backs for the Patriots, I am all in. I invested. Give me both. I I would play both this week on the same team, depending on my options, because it's very clear. Sonny Michelle is the lead running back. James White is the pass catching. I'm going to be involved a hell of a lot every single game running back. And that's all we have. Back when it's four, don't talk to me about the Patriots running back because now you're trying to guess every single week. So this is how it worked out. And at the end of the year, people are going to be like, I told you on Sony Michelle. I'm going to be like, yeah, okay, you're right. Because 15 people got hurt and it worked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is, right? I mean, Jeremy Hill was on this roster to start and he was done in a minute. So the injuries have accumulated. And for... If you got Michelle, I think you're just you're lucky because I think a lot of people honestly were drafting Michelle. I have him a couple spots, and I didn't feel great about the draft pick. I was just like, eh, well, they spent a first round pick on him. Maybe something happens. It's going to be a decent offense. Maybe we'll fall into a couple touchdowns. The upside's there, but there's a lot of uncertainty with the pick. But yeah, now the only one I, I have is James. Yeah, I have James White and a few PPRs because he was free, and that's why I said is if you're going to oh, give me one, I always take the one that's the end of the draft, and PPR I'll take that. So I don't ever wish for an injury so i don't i'm not wishing one of them to get hurt what i am wishing and what i am hoping is that bill belichick pulls one of his crazy schemes and um who's the oh who's the running back they just picked up the off the street that's what i'm hoping he goes for like three touchdowns just ticks everybody off because i'm just gonna laugh because it's the Patriots. <laughs> well, i would be surprised that would make me oh i would be so happy if that happened um, could, you're Oh, Kenyon Barner. That's who it was. Oh, I just the former Kenyon. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If if Kenyon Barner gets like three touchdowns tonight, I you're going to see happy. G. I'm going to be like dancing in circles just because <laughs> I, I just love the misery of the backfield. Uh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> exactly. That's what's <laughs> going to make it so funny. All right. Jared Goff in Seattle or Aaron Rodgers? Oh, yeah. Goff. I'm going Goff. Okay. I, yeah, I got it, man. The hit offense is just so nice. No, I, can't, I can't even argue with it that yeah, much. Yeah, I got to do it. Patrick Mahomes against the Jaguars. So I have Rodgers ranked ahead of Mahomes. Uh, this is the true test, right? This is this is the high-powered offense. The everybody's getting tested this week. Mahomes, yeah. This is like the Jags don't have a have an interception yet. Pretty remarkable, but they're still allowing the fewest points per game, fourteen, the fewest yards, the fewest passing yards, only one hundred and sixty-four. So this is this is the true test, the one I want to see. Uh, and I will lean on the defense here. Uh, Going to give Mahomes a tough day but I will start Rodgers over him. I love the guy giving me crap for having Patrick Mahomes at nine. Like, like, you're still oh. stuck. Like, <laughs> He's still QB1, man. Come on, yeah. man. Like, like, chill out, dude. It's like, all right, fine. You know, don't bench him, but like, it depends on what your other options. Somebody might have come out of the draft with Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan, and I got to be honest with you, I'm starting Matt Ryan over Patrick Mahomes against oh, the Jaguars team. Yeah. And then somebody tells me this. Somebody, this is the best response I got. And I, I love this is going to be, I guess, call out Thursday all of a sudden. Yeah, but somebody's cool. like, Andy Reid is not going to hold back the reins on him. Like, uh, Patrick Mahomes has nothing to do with Andy Reid when it comes to his play. I'm like, yes, Andy Reid's not going to be like, all right, I only want you to run these 10 plays and play it safer. 
but he has nothing to do with what Patrick Mahomes steps on the field and what he actually does against the Jaguars. Yeah, that whole left-handed throw is clearly all Reed. It, yes. Reed Thank just, you, Andy Reed, for that. Yeah, Reed just listen, <laughs> Mahomes finished what, six, seven, eight, borderline yeah. QB one last week. Right. Yeah, he was, he was I mean, inside the top ten. He was a low end, but it was thankfully for the rushing touchdown. And not, I'm not scoffing at 300 yards in Denver. But no, if you watch, like, here's the issue that I have with it, and I'm sure you watched it as well. It was the fact that he was running a lot, and I don't mean like running as in himself running because he only had three attempts for seven yards. I'm talking about the fact that he was running out of that pocket that collapsed on him time and time and time again. And if you don't think the Jaguars can get after the quarterback even more so than the Broncos can. I don't know. And yes, he is amazing on the run. And yes, the left-handed throw. And yes, he can throw the ball 50 yards downfield while moving like Aaron Rodgers used to be able to do at his peak days. But at the same time, you can't be running around that much and expect a great game. No, it's, it's eventually going to catch up to you. And I think yet last week was the first game where we saw those you know, inexperienced throws and some of his throws were a little off. And you're right, he was running around a little bit, man. And it's just this defense in Kansas City is just so awful where he's going to finish as a QB one most times, even if he, even if you watch the tape and watch the game and you're like, ah, well, he wasn't actually that impressive. Like, I'm impressed. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's, he's a supreme talent. He's going to be one of the best in the league for sure for years to come. But like I said, this is, this is the true test. Like, Jacksonville hasn't really gotten off got after the quarterback a lot this season but you know when you bring in a team like Mahomes and everyone's talking there's so much swag on this Jags team like they've they they're ready for this game um and I, I'm looking forward to it I don't give Jake Flack for for a 10th yeah. rank I actually have him at 12 so you can come at me and, and say that I'm the idiot because I I don't have him as a top 10 quarterback this week stupid idiot yeah idiot uh, yeah uh so would you go any further are we kind of um, done yeah we're, yeah we're kind of done um yeah well rivers i like rivers more than uh, rogers yeah more than rogers i i just feel like m- my biggest thing here with rogers and and these two teams is i think it's gonna be a lot of run they both kind of struggle against a run especially detroit uh yeah. so i think they'll utilize aaron jones a lot this week so and I just, here's my rivers concern I like the- at home and the high total yeah so, so here's my concern about the, so it's a flip i don't know which way to go on this and maybe you can help me out and i talked about it in the matchup column so when looking at pace of play, the Chargers have one of the slowest pace once they're up by seven. If they're within a score beneath that, they're actually inside, the, I think, almost inside the top ten. The Raiders, when down by seven or more, are the fastest team in the NFL. So that's good, but then you're going to have, if the Chargers get up early and they're up by plus seven, they're slowing it down. The Raiders are trying to speed. Like, I don't know who wins out of that one. Like, who, you know, is it the fact that the Chargers play ball control and now we don't see the Raiders get it back? And Rivers isn't passing as much. I just this is going to be this is a tough one for me to figure out because I know it has a high over under. I just don't have a lot of faith, and maybe you can change my mind. I don't have a lot of faith in the Raiders in general because I don't have a lot of faith in Derek Carr. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like I, I don't either. Um, but surprisingly, this team is second in in yards. Like they're right behind the Rams, which I had to double check that. I was like, wow, really? They're second in yards. Well, that's because overall. they're running so many plays. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're fourth in passing and part of it is the defense is awful and you go look at the Chargers, well the Chargers defense has not been great either. They've allowed the 10th most yards per game. They've allowed the 5th most points per game. This the defense has had some holes. They're they're not what we thought they would be. Bosa's not not in this lineup. They've lost some guys all over the place. I mean, I don't think anybody's lost more players than the Chargers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I think like most of them have been on defense as well. So I just feel like there's going to be some passing in this game and, and some chucking. So 
I think Rivers will have his way against that secondary, and I think Carr's going to have to throw as well, and Lynch has been pretty consistent. There's just a lot of pieces in this offense that are going to be able to score points. Yeah, that total is 53.5, so I think I mean, it's, it's a high one. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, I think we're good on that one. Real quick for the second quarterback, since we've gone through one player so far, mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I like Cousins. Just, low. I, I, and you know what? Did you change your ranking since you gave it to me last night? <laughs> you didn't, mm, eh? No, I was like, hmm, Cousins. No. So when I looked this morning, I, I have Cousins exactly where you are. So it's kind of like hypocritical of me to come in and say, hey, you're an idiot. You have Cousins way too low. Um, but I actually just like him this week. There's some question marks at the running back position. You can't run in the Eagles anyways. You, you couldn't last year, and you haven't been able to this year. They're only allowing 63 rushing yards per game. I don't know if Cook's going to play. Latavius Murray is not going to be able to do anything against the Eagles. You just you can pass on Philly. I've seen it now. Well, every- yeah. Do you know okay. the leading rusher against them? 36 yes. yards. Yeah. And, and who was it? It wasn't Wilkins. Like, it's just it's no. no nobody's, nobody's running on this team. Maybe it was Coleman week one. Why you got to do that to me? Like, I, I know you're it's the meanie segment, but I give you a cool stat, and then you're like, who was it? Thanks a lot, dick. <laughs> it was probably Coleman. It was probably Coleman week one. It doesn't matter I'm who it look. was. No, now I'm going to find out. I'm going to tell you. It was okay, Devontae Freeman. Okay, it was, it was fr- six, wow, for it was thir- six for 36. The next closest was Derrick Henry last week, eight for 24. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, and I think that was, like, all on one run in overtime. But you, you can't run on them, but you can pass. Like, the secondary, there's some Big time issues in Philadelphia. Jaylen what are they Mills averaging is, per attempt given up? <laughs> Jalen Mills is this guy's sitting on a huge cushion in the outfield and he's not guarding anybody. They've given up the third most catches, 64. I love Thielen. Let's just transition over to Thielen, man. I think he should be a top five wide receiver for you. He's got 56 targets, leads the NFL. He's second in catches. I love Thielen. Players. Nobody can. I know, and you got him ten, which is fine. It's respectful. Oh my God, Jake, you got him ten. Patrick Mahomes sucks. Too low. He sucks. <laughs> I I think he's a top five wide receiver. I, I would put him ahead of guys like Odell Beckham Jr. because of things that you have said about Eli. I see. All that. right, hold on, e- time out. Eli, it's an issue. Eli, Thielen, man, get him in there. Hundred yards and at least twelve targets in every game. It, he's a lock to get a hundred hundred yards this week. You cannot say that about Beckham. You can't. So I know, but I'm trying to, uh, of course I can't find it. I should have had it pulled up. I had four other tweets pulled up, but I had some of the, like, this is, no, 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 this is, no, I had this prepared because I'm not trying to like be a jerk. I just, it comes naturally at this point, (laughs) but like to point out there when I say go for trades and go for certain players and try to buy low and, Hey, you could go get, uh, and people are always like, that'll never happen in my league. And the reason I say that, like I had these tweets was for the exact, I just had somebody ask me if they should start Odo Beckham and I forget who the other player was, but I'm talking, it's like Kiki QT level uh, of type yeah, of play. Like, yeah. and so here, here's a few examples. I'm going to give you one. So what's your thoughts on trading away Kamara and Diggs to get girly? Like, I, okay. Oh. I have no problem going to get girly. But Kamara's better so far, <laughs> and you're throwing in digs? Like, I, 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 again, I'm just bringing this up for example. Here's one of Kiki QT or Cooper Cup. Why the hell would you even stop using Cooper Cup at this point? Oh, How about man. Cup and Chris Thompson or Ingram for Antonio Brown? Like, and I'm trading away Antonio Brown. Like, so, uh, like why are we panicking this much on Antonio Brown? Here's the best one I got. This, this might be the best one. This is up there with the Odell Beckham one, Chris. You ready for this? Oh, yeah, I think. For the rest of the season, O.J. Howard, who's now hurt, 
or Dalvin Cook? Ugh. People are just, you know, they're overthinking. There's, there's this panic going around with Antonio Brown because of Juju Smith-Schuster. It's like, oh, Juju's better, or Juju's get Juju's more productive. Like, like Brown is still second in the league in targets, and Juju's third. And what makes you think any of that is going to change? They're both phenomenal. The defense is pathetic. Yeah, and and again, it's it's much like I have Atlanta. them both inside my top five this week. Yeah, I. So do I. They're both inside my top five. And, yeah, well, I did it first. <laughs> and they're side <laughs> by side, and they're gonna stick like stick like that the rest of the way. I've said this before with the footballers. I know you do some stuff with the fantasy footballers. I said you can play both of these guys together if you want. It's not an ideal strategy, but it's one that you can get away with. And then like picking and choosing. Which guy? They're both going to get theirs. Like, Juju looks unbelievable in the slot. Antonio Brown is, is arguably the best wide open football. So We've done it before. I wouldn't worry about any of these guys. And now people want – yeah, now people want to, you know, they're sour on Juju because of one bad week. They want to trade Juju away. Like, one guy wanted to trade, I think, DeAndre Hopkins um, and, and something for Juju. It's like, what? Like, these guys are going to be – these top-tier wide receivers are hard to come by, and they're going to be fine. But I just – back to Beckham for a second I just it's to your point like I don't obviously I think Beckham is is a top five wide in the game I think he's he's so skilled it's just and you've seen it you've already touched on it earlier it's like Eli so I just don't have any confidence in Eli moving the football in Carolina on the road I just know that Minnesota is going to be able to use Diggs and Thielen I just feel like yeah whatever you got him at 10 it's cool it's great he's just he's a top five guy this week I'd have him over Adams I'd have him over Beckham and I'd have him over Keenan Allen. So here, all right, sorry, a few more before we get you out because we only got like five minutes. Uh, yeah. Mohamed Sanu, too high or too low? Um, I think maybe just too low. I think he's I, – I, you know, keep an eye on him because he's hurt now, of course, and there's a lot going on in Atlanta. But this Steelers defense, not good. Third most yards, fourth most passing yards, third, third most point, points to wide receivers. It's all, all the categories that you don't want, like the second most yards overall to wideouts and seven touchdowns. So I just feel like he's a borderline. People in there, you know, buys are happening, injuries. Like I would definitely have him, and I think you do have him over Hogan. Actually, they're side by side. I would definitely play him over guys like Hogan and Ginn and Richardson and Callaway, Moncrief, um, even – I like Grant actually this week, but you know where I'm going. I just like even fits. I just, I feel like with that high total and both of these defenses being really, really bad, I think, you know, he'll catch a few balls and, you know, he can find the end zone for you. Okay. Next one. then. I don't complain about that too much. Amari Cooper. And I pray to God, you're not going to tell me to move oh, him higher. And I'm going down the Cooper. I like I'm falling down the trap, Jake. I need, actually need you to tell me to relax on Cooper it's it's the Chargers. It's the defense. Cooper's bad game, good game, bad game, good game. So maybe bad game. He's no, 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 no. All of us. I feel it's like you good, just hold come. on. No, I need to correct you on that. It's okay. not good game, bad game. It's good game, bad game, bad game, bad game, bad game, good game, bad game, bad game, bad game, good game. Okay, and the thing is, just, yes, and everybody just gets excited because they're like. Wow, 150 yards and two touchdowns for Amari Cooper. Like that, he's it's it's happening. It's happening. It's breaking through. This is the talent he has. And then he goes hanging out in the woods, hiding somewhere for another three weeks, and comes back and does it again. He's he is the new. I I'm gonna go back to what I said last year. He's the poor man's version of Brandon Cooks, and he actually might be the poor man's on the side of the street living in a cardboard box version of Brandon Cooks. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, that's a good comparison. It's for sure. And I, I know I'm with you, man. How many times have we talked about Cooper and his inexperiences and just a bust? Don't draft him. Frustrating. I just go back to the high total and the fact that Chargers secondary is just just hasn't looked good. Allowing the fifth most points to wide receivers, eight touchdowns already to wideouts. And I would just feel more confident, honestly, at this point, playing him over Keelan Cole and no. Kenny Stills. No. And, and no. TD should no. be ahead of Keelan Cole, too. <laughs> You think so? Well, PPR, he's just talking in general. I, I think, still go Keelan Cole just because of the number one opportunity, but I, I agree in PPR, it's close for me. I, I, so going, I'll ask you this. Going forward, I would rank them. I would go Cole, Didi, Moncrief. Would you have a different ranking then? And then on a separate note, as an aside, I'm assuming you don't want to be involved with it at all. No, yeah, I don't want to be involved with it at all. Absolutely not. Um, all three of them are going to get kind of equal looks, and they have, right? Uh, DG does lead in targets, catches, and yards, but it's pretty close with all of them. Maybe not the cut catches for Moncrief, but the targets certainly are. This is a good matchup this week, obviously. We already talked about the holes, and in, in the Chiefs' defense looks pathetic, man. They're on pace to allow the most yards ever in a season. It's so bad. Um, but I just think DG's better, man. I, I get it. Keelan Cole in a standard league, that deep threat. Um, the ceiling probably higher, but I like DD. I think he's just a solid wide receiver. I think he's better. I think he's more skilled. So that's the guy I would lean with the rest of the season. All right. So what do we got here? One more tight end. Yeah, that worked out. We somehow slid it all in here. That's, uh, I won't say it. Oh, uh, so, <laughs> all right. I found it. Oh, here we go. There's the OBJ one. Do you continue uh, to plug OBJ into the lineup? Yeah, just continue- plug him in. And, and to, to continue to be disappointed, or do you stream the steady ones of John Brown, Cooper Cup, and Corey Davis? How are you streaming those guys? I love me some Corey Davis, by the way. So do I. And you were talking about, we, yeah, we were all over him last week to continue to have yeah. the faith. What, yeah. what, did, what, what steady was Corey Davis before last week? Like, I don't, I oh don't my know. gosh. It ba- I know we got to get going, but bad matchup against the Jags. He's just getting all of the targets, all of the looks. Like, I think maybe only you like Corey Davis more than me in, in, in life because I was the biggest Terrell Owens fan. And right away, I remember t- telling you about it. And you're like, yes, like that's the comparison. <laughs> and for Davis, it just I want to be patient with him. It's a tough matchup this week against White, but uh, I still like him the rest of the way. And when I ended Pat's show, we ended it. We were taking questions. And the very last question is, should I pick up Corey Davis off the waiver wire? We just ended the show like that. We didn't even answer. But, I mean, Beckham still has two 100-yard games. He still has double-digit fantasy points in three of his four. He's fine. We play him, but Eli's an issue. Yeah. I just want to put it on record that I was agreeing with you because I called I called him Terrell Owens when he was at Wheaton Wharton High School. So just so you know. Oh yeah, I, I know. <laughs> Actually, you were, you were all over that. Up. I know it was like Wheaton something. Oh, here it is because this is a ridiculous name. This the high school he went to, Wheaton Warrenville South. Like, Wheaton <laughs> Warrenville South. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why he's a player. We have to classify that South part. All right, last. Last one. We got to get you out of here. And I, I mean, do we have to talk about much? <laughs> it's just a flyer because Jake Butt is out and yeah. Jeff Human got all the opportunities. It's not a great matchup this week, but if I'm rolling the dice, it's going to be like a Human, Austin Hooper. I'm just going to chase the defense this like or the defense, the touchdown this week. So are, are you upset that I have him in my top 20 or are you like, hey? No, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think he should be a little couple spots higher. Like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Over Thomas, over Safarian Jenkins. You're on board uh, with the Hewer man. Yeah. This is Jeff Hireman, buddy. He's good. Listen, 
Team high in targets and catch or team high in targets and yards. Um, seven targets, fifty-seven yards. I get it. I've been dissing the Kansas City defense a lot. That probably is part of it. Kirk Cousins, good on you, Jake. Um, you put me in my place. Cousins is as for Pat, worst place. Um, he could, <laughs> he looked brutal last week. He looked awful. You're right. I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt in a prime matchup to, to keep pace and throw balls, but he was missing everyone. He's missed Thomas. Like I feel like every time he's thrown to him almost uh, for Hireman, I think, you know, there's an opportunity here. So over Gates, over Renette, over Safarian Jenkins, uh, I'll keep Hooper in there for the upside, but Watson, I thought was pretty disappointing last week too, but um, I get, I get the matchup in the high ceiling, but Somebody should keep an eye on him. It's like it's a tight end position so bleak. Like you're never ever starting two of them. Um, I'm, I'm actually debating a bad just for George Kittle because that's how Ooh, I've, yeah. I, I, I lost Greg Olson and then I lost OJ Howard. So I was kind of like, this is this is getting bad. Like I could stash Hayden Hurst and I'm a big fan of doing that, but I don't know. I, I don't need Devin Funches like per se, which. <laughs> I used that a bunch of my column this week for anybody that got that reference to the per se. Uh, but it's just, if I could get Kittle steady presence, I just, I hate the fact that I might be buying off one week of CJ Beathard throwing a lot too. Uh, I don't know. In any case, it'll probably happen though. He'll, no, he'll probably continue to throw man. And we already know about their connection in college. So I think this is, it's crazy to say, but I think it's yeah, actually, are we, go, are we doing this Andrew Buck thing? We're doing yeah. it with the Colby Fleener. They were, they were college <laughs> roommates. Well, there's a little bit of chemistry there. You could see it, but it, it's crazy to say like maybe he's better off without Jimmy Garoppolo. I think actually Pierre Garcon is better off without Jimmy Garoppolo. He was hardly yeah, even looked at. Not anything I know. At all. I know. So, at least I didn't draft. At least I didn't draft Goodwin in the fifth. I took Garcon four rounds later, but it looks like both of those guys are done. Yeah, the whole team outside of maybe Brita and Kittle, but don't spoil it. Because you have, I'm sure it'll be all over Twitter, but a huge announcement coming Monday. And before that happens, make sure, go ahead, tell everybody where they can find your stuff, what you're working on that's coming out Monday, hint, hint, and all that type of stuff. Yes. Um, well, sticking with the football over at Fantrax and the fantasy footballers doing some DFS with those guys. Uh, the podcast comes out Friday morning and uh, I'm working on some NBA stuff. It's all I'll say. Working on the draft guide. Uh, hockey is launched on Fantrax. And um, yeah, keep keep your eyes open and your ears tuned in. This will be uh, announcing on Monday, but yeah, working on some NBA stuff for those basketball beats. Nice. So that is Chris Meany, one of my favorites. And he's going to be here every Thursday, as you can tell. I'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, the, the guest is up in the air. I asked somebody, but he hasn't responded yet. He's got about 24 hours before he's off the list. I can tell you that much. Uh, so I'll be back Tuesday with somebody. But until then, good luck in week five. You can catch us both on Twitter and get as many questions as you can. But just know it's not going to happen Sunday morning. Got church updating the rankings, the chat on the site. Stop trying to ask me on Sunday morning. I can't help you. I wish you good. Hashtag check the link. I'll see you.